Hello there. Welcome back to the Keep Moving Show with me, Helia. I'm here to get you moving on a Monday or maybe Tuesday because today is actually Labor Day. I hope you get to rest and celebrate the contribution and achievements of the 155 million men and women who are in the U.S. labor force. So, there was a study done in 2020 where a few thousands of people shared what they struggled with when it came to nutrition. And surprisingly, it was not that they didn't know what to eat, but a lot of other things. We're going to talk about a couple of those issues today and some potential solutions. Here's the statistics on those things that people struggle with. And uh, you might find it surprising that the number one thing that people struggled with was actually emotional eating. Uh, after that, a little bit less was the lack of planning. Some people said cravings. Some people said snacking when hungry. And some others said they ate too quickly and had a sweet tooth and they were eating out frequently. All of those things made it really hard for people to stay on track with their nutritional goals. But the biggest thing that everyone had in common, men and women, uh, was the emotional eating. So that's what we're going to focus on today. The number one thing on the list is about emotions because literally everyone can relate. That also goes for emotional non-eating, by the way, because people tend to swing to either side of the spectrum. The issue I see is people try to eliminate their cravings altogether, especially when they're stressed out and emotional, like they are robots and they can just turn it off. It's just not possible, right? We're human. We're emotional beings. And what I've learned are a few things personally and a lot of things with my clients that may help you. First things first, you have to identify the behavior that causes the action. So what is the trigger behind the behavior? What is it that causes you to binge or starve? Where does it start? In order to have a strategy, you have to know the rules, right? It's not super simple to figure it out either sometimes, but you got to break it down. First comes the urge, then the behavior, which triggers a reward. And then finding the root where the urge starts is key because the next time you have a craving, you can put your detective hat on and actually try to understand why. Is it because you just had a hard conversation? Are bills coming up? What are you doing? What are you physically doing? Where are you? Who are you with? What are you craving? Be very, very specific. What time of the month is it? All these things really, really matter. And this isn't a do it a once kind of a deal and figure it out. You have to do it over and over because you will have different triggers that cause you to do different things. So keeping a journal is probably smart to start. And once you identify where it starts, chances are you'll have a number of those things. So then you'll get to work on one thing at a time or a couple of things at a time and you'll find solutions to those things. A good solution is to distract yourself when you have something that triggers you. Something that's really distracting is your best bet. So this always spends a lot of time for me, but going through my camera roll and uh, cleaning out stuff, I, I don't do it often because it does take a long time, but that's something to look at. Social media obviously is a problem for us because we check it all the time, but it's also distracting and it can help you walk away from something that you don't want to be indulging in. That's kind of like a timeout, right? Five minutes, 10 minutes will fly by and then you can check in and think and see if you're still thinking about it. By the way, TV is not the best one because TV 
tends to actually be a trigger to eat more because you tend to put TV and eating together. So that's probably not your best bet. If it's during the daytime, like go for a walk, go for a 10 minute walk outside. I know that sounds crazy, but it it does really break up your day. And then you can ask yourself when you get back, like, are you actually hungry? When was the last time you ate? Was it a couple of hours ago? Are you feeling a slump? Granted, you may still have that craving and that's okay, but that's not a failure. It's going to just take some practice. And every time you identify the trigger, you can work towards a better outcome. So be really, really curious and specific. The bigger, more important part is that there's a space between giving into your cravings and depriving yourself that is healthy and it doesn't leave you drained, shamed, and deprived. So your job is to find that imperfect space of gray, maybe, and not black and white. The fact is that cravings usually last about 15 to 20 minutes. It will pass and you will distract yourself long enough to get there. You know how I know? I hear this often. Oh, I didn't eat today. I was super busy all day. You may subconsciously go an entire day without eating. Nothing happens, right? Other than you might binge at the end of the day, but If you were to identify that and make it more conscious, maybe you could use that as an advantage for you rather than a disadvantage. Cravings, especially emotional ones, usually come in waves. When you're bored, thirsty, avoiding something or someone, if you know that, you can try to understand that this is not about depriving, but more about reducing the anxiety and urgency around cravings, right? So breaking that reward cycle. Something happens, you react, you uh, can't fix or change the situation, so then you turn to the one thing that makes you feel better. In order to break that cycle, it's a little bit uncomfortable and, and also like a shift in your attention, right? So it doesn't happen all the way, uh, right away. So now that we've identified the trigger, distracted our bodies and, and minds with something that actually takes up space, and now we have to surround yourself with the right foods throughout the day. So that's the last piece of it. What I mean is good food is nourishing, filled with protein and fiber and balance carbohydrates. They have to have all three of those components, carbs, protein, and fat. Depriving yourself usually ends up in a binge. And that doesn't necessarily mean you don't eat at all. It means like even if you're depriving yourself of just carbohydrates, you will binge at some point. Maybe it's not in a day, maybe it's two days, maybe it's three days, but it will catch up with you because you need carbohydrates in your diet. And here's an extra one that I find particularly helpful. When you do want to indulge in your cravings, make them really, really good. Like the high-end stuff that you have to really take your time with and make it last, or you have to actually physically go to the store or or buy the ingredients to make it yourself. Make it as inconvenient as possible. It won't stop you every time, but lazy wins are still wins, right? Oh, and a note about gluten-free, organic, low-calorie treats. Not all substitutes are created, created equal. And just because it has a lot of labels on it and comes from Trader Joe's, it doesn't necessarily make it a healthier or better choice. You may as well have the real treat you want because sometimes you crave those things so much that alternatives just won't do it anyways. You end up eating the alternatives and the treats. So double to trouble when you have when you should have just had the cookie, right? When you decide to have the real thing, enjoy the crap out of it, savor it, make it really, really good. And at the end of the day, you're human. You're going to indulge in things that feel good 
And there's something about food that does that for us. Culturally, we are food people, especially like in my culture, we sit around the dinner table for hours when we're together because that is a bonding thing. It's really, really important to um, talk about food, be into food, really savor food. So it's, it's part of who we are. So it's not realistic to think that you're not going to indulge forever, but there's a difference between habitual indulgence and intentional indulgence. And a treat should be a treat, right? Which one are you doing and why? Okay, so that's all I have for you today. Hoping you found some value in that. Please feel free to reach out with comments, questions, suggestions for future podcasts. I'm always looking for them. You can find me on Instagram, Helia Glenn, or email me at Helia at PersistenceCulture.com. Also would love to have you in a class if you are looking to do that. Anyways, hope to see you soon. Until then, Helia out.